Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit presenceoc.org. Yeah, we had a, an incredible week this week, uh, Curran. I was at Corona Del Mar with Curran, and we were at Newport Harbor. And you guys want to hear a couple stories from that? Nicole gla- glazed over for a sec, but it was awesome. Nicole's been speaking in high schools all over Orange County for a while, and she opened up this opportunity for us. Jesse spoke a couple weeks ago. Jesse's in Catalina with his family, if you're wondering where our senior leader is. He's enjoying it. He takes off like one or two weeks a year, maybe, if we let him. But we were there over at the high school, and the first meeting was incredible, just watching kids get healed, and they've never seen God speak. They're coming up to me afterwards, and they're saying, we have never seen anything like this before. Isn't that amazing to me? That, like, struck my heart so much. Like, it made me just want to do this more. Like, you just want to do this all the time when you hear people say, I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, one of the boys was there, and a word was called out. They said, someone here, you injured your knee playing volleyball recently, and, like, about 20 students around this kid go, oh my gosh, they start yelling and they start pointing and the kid's like, that's me, stands up, instantly healed of his knee injury from volleyball. Uh, We went to the other high school and uh, it was awesome. There are kids, uh, we're preaching in the library. There's about 60 kids there in the library. Kids are gathering there for other classes. They're not just coming for this event. We just preach the gospel preached a simple gospel. Kids were getting healed. They're coming up and testifying. They're like, my pain just left my back. My pain left here. We had them praying for each other. Kids are getting healed. Um, A girl got healed of a diagnosed knee problem, uh, popping and a clicking and a pain on the side. She had a diagnosed by a doctor a year before. All of her symptoms are completely gone. She could move freely. She's like, it's gone. I can't find it anymore. Awesome stuff. Had about uh, at least, I didn't see how many hands fully, but in the front area, I saw at least... Five hands raised to make first-time decisions to give their life to Christ in the library at Corona Del Mar High School. This is the kingdom. Now somebody's here, you're like, I didn't know you could do that in schools. Yes, you can. You know why you can? Because God can. God can go anywhere. There's no limits to his kingdom. So yeah, if you want to get involved in kind of stuff like that, it was incredible. We were talking about the presence of God touching people in that, uh, the second meeting, and I said, some of you guys are feeling God's presence right now. You're feeling uh, warmth, maybe an electricity going through your body, just the nearness of Jesus touching you, kind of like on the road to Emmaus, the disciples said, didn't our hearts burn within us as we heard him speaking? Remember that story? They're on the road to Emmaus. This man's talking to him. They don't even realize it's Jesus. It's after he raised from the dead. He appeared to them. He didn't look the way he looked before. Didn't our hearts burn within us? Um, Everybody, we dismissed them. They all left. And about five, ten minutes later, this kid comes back into the library. He's supposed to be in class. He comes back and he says, can I talk to you for a second? I said, yeah, sure. As soon as he said that, tears start streaming down his face. We go outside for a sec. He just starts weeping. I mean, like, just overwhelmed. He says, what you were talking about, the presence, whatever that was, that, that I feel it all through my body, and I, I don't know what it is. I said, man, you're getting born again right now. You're getting born again right now. Bible says in John chapter 3, you cannot see, or also can be translated, experience the kingdom of God until you're born again. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, Romans 14, 17. Righteousness is an experience and a belief. 
Peace is an experience and a belief. Joy is an experience and a belief. Not one or the other, but both. Because God is our righteousness. He's not just a theology, he's a person. God is our peace. He's not just a theology, he's a person. God is our joy. He's not just a theology or a person. This young man just started weeping, just, just radically encountered the Lord, committed his life to Christ right there, feeling the presence of God. Isn't that awesome? It's really easy to lead people to Christ when he actually shows up. <laughs> Jesus is a very good evangelist. And if you guys were here last week, you were being rocked by the message last week. How many of you guys were here for Dan Muller last week? Do you guys realize Dan Muller gets like 800 invitations a year? He travels 45 weekends a year, so he picks 45 places to go out of 800, and he picked to be here with us. He told us, don't advertise the meetings or you won't be able to handle how many people show up. He says, I like to pour into small groups of people because I love to see transformation. If you guys know who Todd White is, Dan Moeller mentored Todd White um, and many other great people of God. He's one of the humblest people I've met. He wrecked our team. We sat in staff meeting on Tuesday and like, we didn't even know what to talk about. What was like the biggest impact that, that hit you guys? I'd love to hear. Oh man, should I stand up here? Oh my gosh. I, f I just feel like uh, it's impossible to be the same after hearing that message. My wife and I both just were totally rocked, totally rocked. Um, and we were, we were just talking about this. It was just like, dude, what, what's next? What, do, what else is there to talk about? He preached the gospel. He, like, he called us higher. And I felt, I felt after hearing Dan just talk about um, just Jesus' sacrifice and his choice being what defines us and... Um, being the reason that we live, not like living out of like, oh, the, the circumstance or trial or what you're feeling. And that really just being like, really taking away any excuse I have to be bitter, any excuse I have to be angry, any self-righteous thing that I got going on. I'm like, dude, that's just not Jesus. So I felt really just like called so much higher. Anybody else feel like called higher? I was a... Uh, yeah, and things of our, and it was this sense of like, man, not only do I feel color higher, but I feel empowered. Like this, like I feel empowered to live um, free of all of that stuff, free, free of bitterness, free of anger, free of like um, manipulating God or or manipulating my spouse or or anything, but just really living like like Jesus did, just and just being like, wow, like. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter how this person is treating me. Like, I get to be like Jesus, and I get to love unconditionally. And, you know, it's easy for somebody to be like, you need to love unconditionally. But, I mean, I feel, like, empowered to do that. Does anybody else, like, after that, that time with Dan feel like, wow, I, I'm empowered to love unconditionally? So, um, yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> I'm psyched, man. That's awesome. Give Kles a clap. That was awesome. I sprung that on him there too. Dan sat with our team and uh, we were asking him, what does this look like when you counsel people? Like, how do you meet with people? He said, well, I usually like, I'll split people up, you know, if they're having an issue or whatever. And I'll, I'll sit with somebody and I'll say, how would you fare in life if Jesus treated you the way that you're wanting to treat that person right now? And I was like, oh my gosh, that is heavy. 
The thing about legalism is legalism heaps requirements on you that you could never fulfill. But grace empowers you. I love to use that word. I feel empowered to love people unconditionally now. That's grace. That's the gospel. The gospel is so simple. The gospel is that Jesus Christ met us in our darkest place. He didn't reject us. He didn't turn us away. He actually said, I pick you. Ephesians chapter one says, we've been predestined to adoption as sons or daughters in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Does that mean everybody's going to heaven? No, it means that everybody, God wants everybody going to heaven. And he wants everybody experiencing heaven now as his children. Children have the rights of the household. What kind of rights does your father have? What kind of person is he? That's what righteousness is all about. God is righteous, and he's actually made us righteous by faith, if you're willing to believe it. So Dan's message has transformed our team. We don't even know. Go back and listen to it. It's on our website, uh, presenceoc.org. That's pretty much what we were going to preach on this morning. (laughs) But I do have a short word. Oh, my goodness. Flip with me to Acts chapter 10. Make this a legal meeting. Read from the Word. We're uh, finishing up our series on the presence of God. We'll be announcing our next series next week uh, along with just some ideas are going with that. We've talked about the, the presence of God, experiencing God's presence and hope, experiencing God's presence and being born again. We've talked about experiencing God's presence and healing. We've seen great healings happen. We've had awesome testimonies coming back from you guys. Keep sharing your testimonies with us. But in Acts chapter 10, Starting in verse 32, Cornelius is praying. He's not a Christian, but he's talking to God. How many of you guys know that eternity is in the hearts of people? When you get down to it, there's no atheists in foxholes. You ever heard that saying? In in horrible situations, people cry out to God because it's innate in us. It's innate in our being. We know that God exists. It takes deception to get rid of that. You have to actually be deceived away from that truth. Cornelius is praying, has a vision, an angel appears before him, supernatural events. Angel says, go down to the city and go get this guy named Peter and bring him here. So in verse 32, he's telling Peter the story because Peter comes and shows up. Therefore, send a Jaffa and get Simon, who is also called Peter, to come to you. He is staying at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. That's really specific, isn't it? An angel appears, go to this specific place, get this specific person and bring him. So I sent for you immediately. It's interesting, sometimes you hear God's voice and you could wait a while for it to, you know, to to follow what he says, but delayed obedience is disobedience. (laughs) So I sent for you immediately and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Opening his mouth, Peter said, this is one of my my favorite verses in the Bible. I want you to take this to heart. I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. Say, not one to show partiality. Peter's been taught his entire life that certain people are holy and certain people aren't but he has this vision before the men come and get him to bring him up to Caesarea. And in the vision, God says, do not call unholy what I have called holy. Jesus is talking to his disciples in Matthew chapter six, and he says, 
Our Father who is in heaven, holy is his name. It's a Greek word, hagizo. It means holy. Say holy. holy. It's the same word that the writer of Hebrews uses to describe us. For by one sacrifice, Hebrews chapter 10, he has perfected forever those whom he has made holy. Say, I'm holy. That might be a hard statement for some people to say. If you've been taught your entire life that you're a sinner saved by grace, that was true. You were a sinner. But as soon as you turned towards him who became sin for you, who was nailed to a tree, crucified on a cross, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, as soon as you turned towards him and believed that he was crucified for you and was resurrected into new life, the new life that you have been given as a free gift, as soon as you believe, you're no longer a sinner. You have become a saint. Now, if you believe that you're a sinner, you're gonna sin by faith. I grew up uh, around church and... uh, I was ingrained with sin consciousness. Uh, my mom's here. She's, she's a sweetheart. Wave. This is my mom, Eileen. She's here. Uh, we, we were involved in church, and all we knew in the church's environments that we were in was that we weren't worthy. We were less than. But as soon as you start reading the Bible, you start seeing some different ideas come across throughout the New Testament, don't you? you start seeing that the value of something is determined by how much someone's willing to pay for it. What is the price tag on each of us? God in the flesh, crucified on a tree. That's a pretty hefty thing, isn't it? I was uh, ministering in the Midwest where I met my wife um, in Nebraska, and I was in a meeting and I was preaching, and right in the middle of the message, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, stop. So I did. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I stopped. And I heard the Holy Spirit say in my heart, there's somebody here and everything you're saying, they don't believe it's true. They believe it's, they believe it's a lie. They believe it's deception. The church is just about money. It's about whatever. God said to me, I want to heal that person. So I said, this is kind of odd. I said, there's somebody here and everything you think I'm saying is false. You believe that I'm totally making everything up. Stand up right now, God's healing you. I still don't know why he stood up. I still don't know why. But something happens when love is speaking to your heart. Something shifts inside of you. Kind of like that young man at Corona Del Mar High School that was feeling God's presence. Love touched his heart. If God is love, his presence literally loves us and love never fails, amen? If you're feeling like you're in an impossible situation, things are going on, experience the love of the Father. Get away from everything else and just say, Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you're for me. I thank you that you're with me, not because of what I did, but because of the decision you made before I was ever born. Man stands up in the back of the room, instantly starts weeping, I said, come up to the front. He comes up to the front. I said, what happened to you? First words out of his mouth, I hate Christians. Falls down weeping. We get him back up. I say, what's, what's going on? He says, I hate Christians. I'm a third degree priesthood in the satanic church. 
I don't know why I came to church that night. He says to me, I, I came here and I, I had 10 years ago, I had surgery on my leg. I had a metal rod put in my leg from my hip down to my knee. My leg has been twisted. I'll try to, try to model it for you. So, My leg has been twisted and I walk like this ever since. But as soon as I stood to my feet, my leg untwisted underneath me and I can do everything that I couldn't do for 10 years. God is a miracle worker and God's love never fails. The spirit came upon this man, called to him in love, untwisted his leg, and transformed his life there. He got radically born again. His name was Robert. He got on fire for Jesus. Don't clap yet because I'm not done. <laughs> he comes back a week later. We're still speaking in another meeting. He says, Chris, I've read through this entire book. I don't know how he read it through it that quick, but I've been reading through this book. And he holds up the Bible. He got a Bible from his mom. I guess he had some, something that impacted him when he was younger. You'd be surprised the type of seeds you sow and how they grow later, you know? He opens to Acts chapter one. I won't flip there, I'll just quote it. And he says, Jesus said these words. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he said to wait until you receive the gift of the Spirit. He told his disciples that. What is that? I want that. We haven't preached to him. We haven't talked to him about any of this stuff. God's talking to him. He gets radically filled with the Holy Spirit there in the office, experiences the joy of the Lord. He starts laughing. He starts, just, just all this stuff is going on with him. All those manifestations of wonderment that are there in the scriptures, he starts experiencing right there on the spot. He starts speaking in words and languages he doesn't know, just adoring God. He's just crying. He gets up and uh, later in the meeting, he comes up to me, he says, Chris, I have to share something right now. Now, first rule of church and revival is don't give the Satanist the microphone. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit says to me, give him the microphone. So I give him the microphone. We were web streaming all over, you know, it was online and stuff like that, these meetings. He points at the camera and he says, there's somebody watching right now. You're from Texas. You're from Dallas, Texas. And you want to commit suicide. And he starts weeping as he's saying these words. Don't do it. Don't do it. We start getting emails instantly. The person, the tech person in the back says, there's somebody emailing from Dallas, Texas right now and they said, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. How could God do something like that? Well, first off, he's God. And God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And if he has made you holy in Christ Jesus and he has grafted you into himself, Jesus said in John chapter 14 that I am in the Father and you are in me and we are together in him. Say that with me. I'm in the Father with Jesus Christ. You're not there because of what you did. You're there because of what he did. When he died on the cross, you died too. The you that you don't like, the you that you have tried to fix your entire life, the you that you've read books about to try to fix, the you that you've read this book or that book and gone to this meeting or that meeting to try to fix, that person was crucified with Christ, no longer living, but now resurrected into new life in him. If Jesus Christ came out of the grave, that means you've come out too. And if Jesus Christ ascended to the Father and he said that I'm in you and you're in me, then where does that put you to? Seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. 
Isn't that wonderful? And the thing we started this message out with is that the gospel is not just a theology. The gospel is an experience. Finish reading from Acts chapter 10. I feel the Holy Ghost. How many guys feel the Holy Spirit? I love the Holy Spirit. I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. He was sent to those he didn't think were clean. He was sent to those he didn't think could receive. He was sent to those he didn't think could have a revival. Ah, that, that revival stuff, you know, it's only for special people. It's, us, it's for us Jews, you know, we got it all together. So here he goes, he begins to preach. No partiality, but in every nation, verse 35, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Say it, Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee after the baptism which John proclaimed. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. It was a baptism of saying, I don't want to live that way anymore because it's destroying my life. The gospel is not a legal exchange. If it's a legal exchange, then you can just sign your name on the bottom of the form and you go to heaven when you die. You raise your hand once and that's it. You made the exchange. You made the illegal exchange. No, the gospel is the good news of free, open relationship communion with your father through Jesus Christ. Sin isn't as much a legal problem as it is a sickness and disease in the earth that Jesus Christ came to cure. It's not the righteous that need a doctor. Jesus talking to the Pharisees. It's not those who are well that need a physician, but those who are sick. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? This is the best part. Because God was with him. Who is with you? Who is with you? This same Jesus who said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, he's anointed me to preach good news, is the same Jesus that says, the spirit of God is now with you. Now, if I was one of Jesus' disciples and he was talking to me about leaving the earth and not being with me anymore, I would yell at him. I'd be like, you're not leaving me. You're my best friend. I never felt so much love as when I'm with you. I get around you. I feel something warm in my heart. I can feel love for the first time. You can't leave me. But Jesus said, it's better that I go because I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. What happened when the Holy Spirit came? The Holy Spirit is with each of us individually the same way that Jesus Christ was with the 12. Intimate wonder, connection. And if Jesus could be so tangible that John could lay his head on the chest of the Savior, how tangible then is the Holy Spirit if Jesus said, it's better that I go? Awesome. 
We are witnesses of these things. Verse 39, he did both in the land of Jerusalem and Judea. They put him to death, hung him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible. If, you're, if you say that you're a Christian, you believe in some wild stuff. easy to believe in healings and miracles when you believe that a man became your sin on a cross 2,000 years ago and resurrected from the dead. Faith is a byproduct of seeing Jesus. He appeared to some of us after he rose from the dead. He ordered us to preach, verse 42, and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as the judge of the living and the dead. Isn't that awesome? That the one who's named judge is already the one who gave his life for you. He already loves you that much. He's already that invested. He's already put all the chips in the middle. Little gambling vernacular. Not endorsing gambling, all in. Not endorsing gambling, but I am endorsing risk taking for Jesus. Who wants to go all in today? He's all in to you. The prophets bear witness, verse 43, that through his name, everyone who believes receives forgiveness of sins. Sin is a sickness and a disease. Jesus is the cure. Belief is how the cure gets in you. And what is belief? It's simply seeing him for what he's done. That's it. You can only believe in what's already true. The gospel's true whether you believe it or not. Jesus Christ is alive. He resurrected from the dead. But when you see him, that's when you start to be like him. For as he is, so are we in the world, First John. As they were listening to the message, verse 44, the Holy Spirit fell upon them who were listening. All of those I'm gonna transliterate it for you. All of those circumcised believers came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. I'll transliterate right there. Had been poured out on those that we didn't think could get him. God's been speaking about this present revival that we're in. We right now are living in the greatest revival that's ever been. I believe right now we are in the beginning stages of a brand new Jesus movement. And instead of hippies coming to Christ, all of the rejects, all of those that the church doesn't seem as worthy, all of those that are bound in sexual immorality, sin, gender identity, whatever it might be, they're not legal issues, they're twistings of design. I was on the, preach in, uh, I was on the streets in San Diego one time and this guy came up to us and he started hitting on us. He was dressed like a woman, spoke in a woman's voice. God started speaking to us about things in his life. I said, what do you like to be called? Instantly, his voice changed. He said, my name is Ronald. He spoke in a man's voice. When people experience love and their identity, they return to their true origin and design in Christ. I'm gonna say it, no one's born that way. No one is born that way. Ronald on the spot began weeping and gave his life to Christ and told his pimp, you can go home. I'm not going with you anymore. I'm staying here with my friends and worshiping Jesus and lifted his hands for the next two hours on the streets of Mission Beach and worshiped the Lord with us. 
this, I'm prophesying to you right now, this is the kind of stuff that we're gonna see everywhere we go. Not just special people that have it all together, but special people, all of us, whom God has poured out his spirit on. My sister's shaking because it's good news. <laughs> Bible says, God said, I'm gonna shake everything that can be shaken. He doesn't need to make earthquakes happen. He doesn't bring destruction and calamity. He shakes people and he shakes all of us. He wants to shake us from our complacency and shake us into love. I know you're not complacent, so that's why I'm using you as an example. You're a fiery one for Jesus. <laughs> These disciples of Jesus, they didn't even know they had it together yet. They just followed him around. But when the spirit came upon them, the one that denied Jesus three times, Peter, became a bold one and stood up and 3,000 people are gonna get, got saved that day. What happens when the spirit of God comes upon you? What happens? We're getting charismatic here. This is awesome. I was speaking in Colorado one time and this... Uh, this guy came up and said, hey, my friend's here, and she's never been filled with the Holy Spirit. She's never um, sp spoken in tongues that adore God. <laughs> I'll tell you this crazy story real quick just to give a little example of it. I was in Israel one time, and I got touched by the Holy Spirit. I was laying on the floor, and I, I, was, just, I, I was just worshiping. I don't even know what was happening. I was crying. I was in another place. I was beholding Jesus. This girl came up to me and started speaking to me in Hebrew because that's what they speak over there. It's in Israel, they speak Hebrew. I like, came out of it for a second. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. She said, what do you mean? You're speaking perfect Hebrew. For the next 20 minutes, she transcribed word for word the things that were coming out of our mouths. Word for word, things like, God, you are my king. You're the God of the living. You came to heal the oppressed. You came to deliver people. You came to save us. Jesus is the Messiah. Stuff like that in Hebrew. I don't know Hebrew. <laughs> I was in uh, Colorado and this guy came up, I told you, he said, my friend's never experienced this kind of stuff before. So she comes up to me, you know, she's tried really hard, she's prayed, she's like, I want, I want to flow in the supernatural, these things. And she's talking to me and mid-sentence, the Holy Spirit interrupts like me in the conversation. He says, just grab her head right now, which is totally rude when somebody's talking to you and you don't know them. <laughs> I grabbed her head and as soon as I did, she collapsed Instantly and just started speaking other tongues. No theology, no, no explaining this stuff, nothing. God wants to touch you more than you want to be touched. And he's willing to move through anyone to see this kind of stuff happen. Trust me, if he's willing to use me, he's willing to use my brother Jordan, my friend. If he's willing to use any of us, he's willing to use Gene, he's willing to use Nicole, he's willing to use anybody. The disciples here in Acts chapter 10 they watch as the Spirit of God is poured out on those that they don't think are worthy, those that don't have it all together, those that haven't lined everything up. But the Spirit of God came upon them also. And they said, well, we've got to baptize these guys too because they're obviously in because God already picked them. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is like a baptism in water. When you get baptized in water, your old man dies there. You come out, you're a new creation. You identify with Christ. During the days of Jesus, you were literally saying, I am a part of this group now. I am identifying myself with these people. When you come out of water, you're wet. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're literally dripping with the life of God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a theology. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience. It's literally the presence of God touching us 
in a profound way so that you begin to drip with his characteristics everywhere you go. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. The fruit of the Spirit start to just flow from your life effortlessly because you realize it's not you, it's his presence in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27. So on that note, we just want to pray for folks. Um, we're going to, I don't know how actually we're going to do this, but we just want to pray with people. Um, this is a really interesting message. I did not plan any of this. It's awesome. God's faithful. I feel, I feel his presence. Um, I'm going to ask a couple people first, just where you are, I'm just going to have you stand there's people here just the entire time that uh, we've been sharing and stuff. You've been feeling like heat and warmth on you. Um, some of you, you've been experiencing it specifically. You've been feeling a heat on your head or maybe in your heart. If that makes sense to you, I just want you to stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet right now. You've been feeling warmth or heat go through you. Just stand to your feet. Awesome. Anybody else? I know there's other people. Um, just go ahead and even as she stood, some of you guys started feeling the Holy Spirit touch you. I'm not going to bring you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to, I'm just, thank you for standing. Feel a few other people here. Um, they're not more special than you. This is, this is kind of new. Is this kind of new to you, daughter? Like what you're feeling? No, this isn't. Is there anybody here that this is new to you, what you're feeling? Like you're like, I haven't felt this before. What's going on? I just want to see. Awesome, most of you guys. This is, thank you for standing. Thank you, Father. I just want to pray for these guys real quick because I just, if, obviously if the Holy Spirit's touching them tangibly, I want to bless what he's doing, okay? Can we stretch your hands towards these guys right now? Just say thanks, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. Thanks, God, for what you're doing. Fresh, 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 fresh. Yeah, go ahead. You can, you can, you can pray. Go ahead. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Fresh infilling. Fresh infilling. Fresh infilling. Fresh infilling. Yeah, as we were praying for, for them, is there someone a girl in this area that has some type of issue with your heart? Like maybe a heart, is it a heart murmur, a heart arrhythmia or something like that? It's just a heart? Okay, I just want to stand in here. I want to highlight that. I'm going to pray for you. Is there anybody else? Is that, you're raising your hand for that or anybody else? That's you, Becca. Is it a heart arrhythmia? Okay, awesome. Stretch your hands towards those two gals. Just, Chris, how are you getting this? I'm hearing stuff in my head. I know it's Jesus because we do this all the time. God, we just bless what you're doing with them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Nicole, do you have some stuff? Do you have some stuff? Digestive stuff? Come on up, you can call on this one. Anything you got. Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing like a digestive um, issue or a, like an upper stomach um, problem. Allergies, one right there, two, okay. When she said that, uh, one of you has something, it's the top, the, it's called the right sphincter, you here. know, like on the top of the stomach. The Lord's doing a miracle for you right now. So I'll just take that. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing the right ear, the right earlobe, maybe like a hearing issue or a pain or a headache right there, brother. Yeah, God, we just thank you. Just ask for more for him, Lord. Just bless him. Just yes, God. Thank you, Papa. Yeah. And then left knee, left knee. 
We have left knee, Becca. There we go. Yeah, God, we just thank you for them. We just thank you that you're healing them right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Father. I know we call it a few things. There's, God's touching other people besides things we called out. I want you guys just in your seat right now, move around, do something you couldn't do before. If you had a pain that you came in with, um, in the library, there was a kid healed of a back problem on the front row. We didn't call out back problems. We didn't break anything. He goes, my back pain's gone. He just started freaking out. He's like waving, my back pain's gone. So if you're here, just begin to check right now. And if you had pain, just leave. You like, you're like, oh my gosh, God just did something to me. I just want you to wave your hand just to give testimony. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. What did God do for you just now? I'm gonna come to you just so people can hear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I get to stand in front of everybody, you get to too. Okay, go ahead. Um, I've been starting to get arthritic pain in my um, arm. Can't lift things properly. And while in worship, it was, I was tapping away, and it was so painful, I couldn't lift my arm anymore. Um, hello. It, it... <laughs> How long has that been going on for? Uh, about three weeks. Three weeks of a pain in his arm. He couldn't lift his arm, and now he can without pain. Give Jesus a shout. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to keep praying for people. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to keep praying for stuff like this. If you made it in here and you've never said, Jesus, I give you my life. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. He said, if you would acknowledge me before people, I acknowledge you before the one that really matters before. That when we actually confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, well, he is Lord, but when we confess it and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. If you're here, you've never made a decision saying, hey, I wanna give everything to Jesus. I wanna follow him. You just watched miracles happen. That means God's here. If you're here, you've never done that before. Just shoot a hand up right now. We wanna pray for you right now before we go on. If there's anybody here, we, we wanna do this every service because I expect people to get born again every week in church. Is there anybody? I just wanna make sure, give God an opportunity here if there's anybody here. You made it here and you've never said, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. He is Lord of all. He deserves it all. He's not here to control you. He's not here to manipulate you. He's here to love you into your divine purpose. Well, that's good. Anybody, bring people next week then that don't know Jesus, okay? This is a good thing. We're gonna keep uh, praying for folks. Um, I'm gonna have the prayer team come up, uh, anyone that's on our launch team and stuff like that, just kind of come up. But uh, you don't have to be on the prayer team to pray for people ever. We, we gave whole teachings the first few weeks at church about how to pray for the sick and minister to people. I'm gonna call out a couple more things in the room. Um, I feel like today, God wants to awaken people to fresh purpose in him. If God would invest his spirit on you, you must be pretty valuable and you must be pretty purposed in him. I feel like God wants to do stuff with just, just imparting to people, touching people tangibly. When the Holy Spirit touches you, it doesn't have to look like other people. You don't have to look like anybody else. You get to be you and God. But when he touches you, everything changes. I, I believe God wants to actually fill people afresh. Ephesians chapter five says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So maybe you came here today and you're like, I don't even know what Chris is talking about. But those experiences that happen in the Bible, they're for you today. 
And maybe you had that happen years ago. Maybe you had an experience with God's presence years ago. God wants to fill you afresh because he wants you to feel empowered to love the world around you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church. 